Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here listening to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. My name is Heath Watts and I have the honor and privilege of serving this church as a lead pastor. Here at Church on the Rock, we are passionate about leadership growth and we are blessed with an amazing team of leaders. Each week our staff comes together and one of those leaders brings an encouraging word on biblical leadership. We believe and pray that this podcast will help you grow in your leadership journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, stay connected, and know when new episodes drop. Thanks for being a part of this. Now let's get started. Hey, my name is Chris Williams, and I am the Men's Ministry Director for Church on the Rock, and thank y'all for being a part of the COTR Leadership Podcast. Um, I'm going to start with a verse, a couple of verses. Always a good place to start when you're a Christian. So uh, <laughs> Mark 3, 14 and 15, it says this, he appointed 12, this is Jesus, he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. Again, he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. Lord, I just pray that the words that are going to be spoken today would speak to our hearts in a mighty and powerful way. It's not so much about me as the speaker, Lord. It's about your spirit doing the work that needs to be done in the hearts of everyone that is listening here in this room, as well as those that are listening via podcast. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. The story of Sherlock Holmes and Watson goes like this. They were going on a camping trip together, and um, Holmes was woken up in the middle of the night, and he nudges over to Watson, and he says to him, "Um, Watson, look up at the sky and tell me what you see. Watson replied, I see millions of stars. What does that tell you, replied Holmes. Watson pondered for a minute. Well, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and we are small and insignificant. Meteorology, meteorology, that's a hard word. (laughs) Should have practiced before I started reading this. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Holmes? Holmes was silent for a minute and then spoke. Watson, you idiot, someone stole our tent. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, Watson was a master of many details to the exclusion of the basics. As a Christian in leadership, details of ministry with excellence are very important. But we always have to be careful that we don't do that to the exclusion of the basics of what it means to be a Christian leader. In other words, don't... uh, uh, In other words, details to the exclusion... How I want to say that? I don't know. See, I should have practiced. I should have read this before I looked at it. Just kidding. Um, 
Not details to the exclusion of the basics, but details with the infusion of the basics. That's what I was trying to say. So what verses 14 and 15, this is what these verses are about. They are about giving us the basics of what it means to be a Christian leader. As you saw early on when I read, it says that Jesus appointed the 12. Basic number one that we need to always remember, because here's the thing. I'm not going to be telling you anything that you guys don't already know. This is basic stuff, but we can sometimes lose that when we get caught up in the details. So here's the thing. It says that Jesus appointed the 12. We are, basic number one, we are appointed by God. And again, you look at me and you go, of course, Chris, we know that, we understand that. But do we actually stop and think to ourselves how much of an incredible honor that is that we are appointed by the one who created the entire universe as we know it? A God that is so powerful that he was able to create reality as we know it by simply speaking. And yet he loves us so much that he's willing to stoop down to where we're at and say, I have appointed you. I have called you to do things for me. What an incredible honor we have. What an incredible honor that is. In a London newspaper article back in the 1900s, the article ran like this. Men wanted for, for a hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. How many people do you think responded to that ad? To be honest with you, they lost me at small wages. I'm out. I ain't doing that. The answer may surprise you. 5,000 men responded to this ad. Why? Because of who sent the ad. See, the guy who sent the ad was a guy by the name of Ernest Shackleton. And Ernest Shackleton was an Arctic explorer and adventurer that was constantly telling the stories of what he did in the Arctic to people in London to the point that he gained world-renowned recognition. And, and the men were flocking to just be a part of anything that had to do with this man because of the honor and the respect that they have for them. They didn't care about the danger. Who sent the ad? If he sent it, I'm doing it. You know, here's what's interesting is that Jesus sent an ad out. He sent a bunch of them, but this one we know very well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We recognize and we, we answered the ad based on the love relationship with the one who sent the ad. Now, Jesus makes it very clear that we're supposed to count the cost. And maybe when we first answered the ad, we didn't count the cost as much as we thought we should have. But now that we've been in it for a while, we recognize that, hey, being a Christian is not easy. There's a lot of tough things that happen. And yet, if anything, if our love for him is growing the dangers don't mean that much because we responded to the person who sent the ad, not so much the ad itself. We have been appointed by God for a grand adventure. The other thing that we're appointed by God, or the other basic I should say is this, not only are we appointed by God, but we are appointed by God to preach. 
Now, again, some would look at that and go, well, we have designated people that get up and they preach and they give sermons and stuff like that. So that's for them. So this doesn't really apply to me. Well, the reality is, is that we are all appointed by God to preach just like the disciples were. You know, that word for preach is just a word in the Greek that means a herald or town crier. See, back in the day, they would actually have a person that would stand up in the public square and they would announce loudly the news to everybody to let them know what was going on. A town crier, a herald. And you know what I've come to realize based on that definition? Everybody preaches. It just depends on the subject. I've had people talk to me and preach to me about their favorite music, man, and they will go on and on and on about that. My dad loves to preach to me, Stevie Wonder, to the point that I became a convert very early in life. And I'll be the first one to tell you there's no better artist out there than Stevie Wonder. Why? Because I had a man that drilled that in me from day one because he was preaching something that he was passionate about. He preached that music to me constantly. There's people out there that know way more about politics than I can ever know, and they are very quick to preach to me their political positions in their areas. I won't go any further with that. When it comes to sports, it's the same thing, constantly preaching. So the reality is, is that everybody preaches. And, we, and the reason why we preach is because we struggle for that. We're in that, and we want to we know more about it, and we want other people to understand more about that. So there's a struggle there. But when the verse says that God has called us to preach, there needs to be a willingness to struggle for the souls of people. It's not just about preaching things that I'm passionate about, whether it be music, sports, or whatever, but it's about preaching the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for me and letting people know that he can do the same thing for you because he is no respecter of persons. It's about wanting to struggle. As a matter of fact, you had, you had a situation where Paul, and, and it, this is in Colossians uh, verse two, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf for those who are in Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face. See, Paul and, and Pastor Paige actually talked about this earlier, the this understanding how Paul was so willing to struggle for the souls of people and to actually use that word. That word for struggle is actually a sports term. I don't know if you guys know this or not, and, and I'm sure most of you do, but Paul, you can see in his writings, was an avid sports fan. Paul was checking out spiritual content from, S, from ESPN long before it was a thing. And so there was a lot of times that he would look at these things and he would put it in his writings. And so that word for struggle is a contest or competition in an arena, a wrestling match. Paul says, that's the kind of struggle that I'm talking about that I'm doing on your behalf. I just had to look this up when I read this because I'm one of those guys that, especially when I was a kid, I was always fascinated with the Guinness Book of World Records. And so when I read that, I thought to myself, what is the longest wrestling match ever? It's funny how, like, reading a verse would automatically take me to Guinness Book, but I'm weird that way. So I'm looking at that, and check this out. There was a wrestler by the name of Martin Klein who represented his country of Estonia to get an Olympic gold medal. This was back in 1912, the Stockholm Olympics. The record time was 11 hours and 40 minutes. He was so exhausted from after winning this match that he wasn't even able to compete for gold because he was too tired. 
So he had to settle for silver. I read that and I thought to myself, why in the world would anyone be willing to struggle that long in a wrestling match? Because Martin was representing a whole country. And because he was representing a whole country, he said, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to struggle for as long as it takes because I don't want to go back home empty handed. We have to struggle for the soul's of people. We have to have that same kind of attitude where we look at people and our heart breaks if we know they've never even heard of the name of Jesus Christ. And I will struggle with them for as long as I can because I just want them to know the Lord. 11 hours. It's amazing. Moses struggled. Moses, Moses struggled on behalf of his people. Y'all remember the story? Moses goes up to the mountain, right? And before he goes, he leaves Aaron in charge. Now, I can't prove this biblically, but I almost want to believe that before he went up, he turned to Aaron and he said, I'm about to go up to this mountain, Aaron. Don't do nothing stupid. I'll be back. And it's like, it's almost inviting trouble, right? I remember when I was a kid, my mom went out to the store one time and she said to me, I'm about to leave the house do not put anything in your nose. Well, I wasn't thinking it till you said it. Now I kind of want to know what's going to happen. So I stuck a marble up my nose and had to be taken to the hospital. Why would you do that? You're inviting trouble. So he goes up. He goes up. He comes back down. And when he co- now, now, check out the scene. Y'all know this. When, before he goes up, Everybody has their clothes on. So you know where this is already about to go. Everybody has their clothes on. Fine. uh, You know, Moses, we love you. He goes up, comes back down. They have made a calf out of gold and people are streaking, running around naked around this thing. Imagine Moses shocked like, I leave you alone for a couple of minutes. What is going on? What is happening right now? Reminds me of the time that I, uh, I, was, I was watching my kids and I stepped out of the room real quick. And I, cut, uh, out of the, I, I went to my room. They were in the kitchen. And I come back and they made a golden calf. I'm just kidding. But I, <laughs> but I go and I come back. And for whatever reason, Anthony, he was like two at the time. Anthony is a savage. That kid is a savage. I come back. For whatever reason, he strips down to nothing but his underwear and he has a butcher knife in his hand, and he's on top of the counter going, ha, 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 ha. And so I called my wife, and I said, we've given birth to Chucky. Um, this is not good. We need an exorcist right now. Just like, what is going on right now? That's what Moses is dealing with right now. That's the situation. And Aaron gives the lamest excuse imaginable. Aaron, what is going on? Well, we, um, um, they, they gave me the gold, okay, and then we just put it in the fire, and then this calf just came out. Just came out, right? Not fashion, not thinking, we, gold, calf. I don't, know how, I don't know how it happened either, Moses. I'm just as shocked as you are. Stop it, Aaron. Stop it. So all of this happens, and of course, God is ticked, and he's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'll wipe them all out and just start over with you. I'm done. And to that, Moses says this. If you will not forgive their sin, please blot me out from your book, which you have written. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I have never loved somebody that much. I kind of like the fact that when I die, I get to go to heaven. And if, if you don't want to listen to me, so I, this may not sound very Christian, but I'm just like, look, I tried, God. They ain't listening. I'm done. But the last thing I'm going to do is turn and say, hey, I so badly want them to be with you that if what it takes is for my own security to be forfeited, then I'm willing to do that because I want them to make it. To struggle for people that much is an amazing thing to me. Appointed by God to preach. We're also appointed by God, here's the other basic, to cast out demons. Now see, I know I'm talking to some those that have a Pentecostal background. That was your place to shout right there. That was your place, if you know anything about that. Appointed by God to cast out demons. Another translation adds that we are not not only appointed by God to cast out demons, but to also heal sicknesses. The authority to heal the sick and cast out demons is a basic but a very powerful basic that God has called all of us to. We don't cower in fear and hopelessness over the darkness that affects our society, but we are to be the light. Because that is the focus of the current series that we're in. That is the focus of the year. That is the focus of our very lives. It's not just a series. It's not just a year's resolution. It is a lifestyle to be the light. We recognize the authority that God has given us. You know, the Bible says that Satan is called the prince of the air, the God of this world, and the ruler of this world. But you know what the Bible also says? The Bible also says that we as believers are, uh, are ambassadors of Christ. Here's why that's significant. Because if you know anything about an ambassador, you know this. Whatever country an ambassador goes in, they have what is called immunity, which means that whatever laws are governing the country that they are in does not apply to them because they appeal to a completely different country. They're not bound by these rules. They're bound by the rules of their country. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. There are crazy things happening in this world, but we are part of a different country. We are part of a different kingdom. We are part of a different calling. And so we are only bound to the laws that pertain to us that come from God in heaven. We have the authority to push back darkness. Appointed by God to preach. Appointed by God to cast out demons. And third and finally, appointed by God to be with him. See, I don't know if you realize this, but I skipped that one on purpose. Because the first thing that the verse says is that he appointed the 12 to be with them. See, we can get to this place where we get hyped up at the fact that we're called to preach. Yeah, let's preach. Let's do it. Let's get out there. I can't wait to share. We can get to this place where it's like, I have the authority to cast out demons. I have the authority to heal the sick. And we can't wait to lay hands on people. And we get all excited about that. But the first thing that Jesus said was to just be with him, was to just be with him. You know that story, we all know it, the story of Mary 
and Martha. And it's always, it's always a funny story to me because of the attitude of Martha in that story, you know. And the thing that's so interesting about that is the fact that, um, so, so Martha's being passive aggressive, obviously. I just get this picture of her just like slamming plates in the kitchen, you know, trying not to draw too much attention, but at the same time wanting to draw a lot of attention, you know, boom, blam, boom, bop, blam. Looking out to see, she's still sitting there. I can't believe this, you know. And just, you know, finally to the point that she comes out and she says, Jesus, tell her to help me. Now, here's what's interesting about that story. I had always read this story looking at it as Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet by herself. But in actuality, if you really look at the story, Mary was probably sitting at Jesus' feet with the other 12 disciples. And the reason why that's significant is because she was taking the posture of a student, which is something that a woman was not supposed to do in that society. Mary was breaking cultural norms. And that's the reason why Martha got so enraged. It wasn't just that she wasn't helping. It was basically she was trying to say, tell her her place. She needs to know her place to the point that Jesus says back to her, your sister has actually chosen the better place. She, she's willing to break cultural norms because she so wants to be with me, spend time with me, grow in me, become a student, student of me, that she does not care what society thinks. She would much rather be in the place of her, of her Savior. And when I look at that, I realize if I'm not careful, I can create a culture that robs me of the joy and purpose of just being with him. I got to be willing to break cultural norms in my own life because, see, it's normal for me to get busy doing this. It's normal for me to be focused on this over here. And the Lord comes to me and he says, you got to break your own traditions and realize that the most important thing is to just spend time with me before you do any of the detailed stuff that I've called you to do. Appointed by God to be with him. Appointed by God to preach appointed by God to cast out demons. Lead in ministry and life with detailed excellence, but always infuse the basics. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to our leadership podcast. If this podcast inspires you and helps you grow as a leader, help us and others out by liking, sharing, and subscribing to show your support and never miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for letting us be a part of your leadership journey.